What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen, free on all platforms, Monday through Friday, coming at you every single weekday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we are still chugging along towards the NBA draft. We've got the latest buzz surrounding the Blazers and Pascal Siakam and Zion Williamson. We'll talk Shaden Sharp. Is he off limits in a trade or is he the piece that gets the, this deal done? It's, is it a decision between Sharp and Dame? It's a tough one. Talk about that in the second segment. And then I have I have found the latest mock drafts and we'll round them up. Who are the Blazers taking at, two, at three? Excuse me. We'll talk about that in the uh, final segment. But first, let's, let's start with the latest buzz. This is kind of, um, this is the week for the sort of rumor mill to truly heat up. Uh, with the obvious caveat that it's like smokescreen season and lying season and all of that. But, um, you know, trust trust the people you trust this time of year. And, uh, and, and you know, if you, there's some people that, that are new in your world of reporting, make sure that they uh, you can trust them as well. But someone I really trust, friend of the program, Raphael Barlow, um, many, many time guest of, of the show. And also... Uh, uh, just like a, a public Blazers fan. He'll, if you ask him, he'll tell you that's who he roots for. Grew up rooting for him in Nebraska. Still a big fan of them now. Um, and also just a straight up excellent NBA draft reporter. Raphael reports on his big board newsletter, which you so you can subscribe to. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll even do this real quick. I have free subscriptions to Raphael's big board newsletter. Email me, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Tell me why you deserve to get a free subscription to the newsletter, and I will I will hook you up. I'll choose the best ones. I got three to give out. Uh, email me, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. But friend of the program, Raphael Barlow, on that very newsletter, where you get all types of good draft intel, reports the following that he is hearing. That there is a good chance Portland will move this pick, that pick being the number three overall pick. Siakam, Pascal Siakam, Raptors forward Pascal Siakam is often mentioned as the Blazers' primary target. But Barlow goes on to wonder in that same blurb, is Portland willing to give up Shaden Sharp to make the deal work? More on that in a little bit, but this just connects with everything that we've been hearing that the Blazers are like legitimately interested in Pascal Siakam. He's really good. Um, I, I think I said when I did my trade show for, uh, it's, I actually did a, what like, could, would the Blazers put together a trade package for Pascal Siakam? I did it with Sean Woodley of Locked on Raptors about a month ago. It's waiting in your feeds wherever you're listening to this one. Um, I said that Pascal Siakam was probably the best player the Blazers could tr- trade for in the market. He's really stinking good. Like He's something like one of the you know 20 or 25 best players in the league. He's an elite forward like in, in a league that's prioritized position. Um, you know, he's not like the craziest lockdown defender ever, but he's a totally competent and good defender, like can, capable of being a good part of a good, a very good defense. Um, you know, maybe a little slower guards, fours and fives better than, than smaller guys, but like a, a solid team defender has improved as a playmaker as a, can be a primary creator. It's just like a really, just like really, really good basketball player. Um, he's, he's, he, you know, he's, he's an all NBA or fringe on all NBA type of player. And the Blazers, um, you know, three, and it would have to be Anthony Simons just to make the money work. Um, unless you got really creative and gave them a bunch of, a bunch of other parts. But, um, Three and ants seems like the sticking point of probably a conversation that the Raptors and Blazers have had a kajillion times. Uh, the other, like, and I think Raphael's report confirms that it's like this is an ongoing thing that the Blazers will absolutely consider on draft night. The problem is if the sweetener that the Raptors need 
is Shaden Sharp. That's a hitch. And I'll talk about that more later in the show. Um, the reporting surrounding uh, folks outside of the Raptors is that Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster, who run the Raptors, are just still asking for a King's Ransom or a Dinosaur's Ransom, I guess is more accurate. Um, a, a Dinosaur's Ransom to get OG or uh, OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam. Is it like the asking price remains very, very high. And to that point, I will just say deadline spur actions. Of course, the asking price is going to be high right now, but when the clock is ticking on two, the clock is ticking on three, or if they wait, the clock is ticking on seven with the Pacers, you kind of got to make a decision. You got to make a decision. It's It, it has to happen. Um, it's like, are you going to get your guy in the draft? Are you going to pass it on by? Pascal Siakam is entering free agency this summer. If the Raptors are going to, you know, um, he can, you know, if they want, he could easily be part of the plan into the future and blah, 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 blah. But if they're going to go another direction, it seems like draft night would be the night to make that decision. Certainly the Blazers are going to pursue Pascal Siakam. The other sort of buzz coming around is that uh, the, the Pelicans may seriously be considering trading Zion Williams. And Bill Simmons of, of the Ringer said someone that, that he trusts told him that, that Zion's going to be traded on draft night. Um, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer reported that uh, that's, the Blazers would, in a deal with New Orleans, the Blazers would prefer uh, Zion to Brandon Ingram. I will say that a uh, friend of the program, Jake uh, Jake Madison, the host of Locked on Pelicans, has said that he has heard whether that the Pelicans may be cooled a little bit on trading Zion. But certainly, you know, a, a, there's a world where in which it world in which it happens, and I think um, you know, there's sort of I don't know if conflicting reports, but there's all types of chatter on will they, won't they. Mark Stein on his newsletter said that there was it was kind of unclear what the Pelicans would do, although they had certainly considered it at one point obviously the the pelicans rumored interest is in scoot henderson so for the blazers to get involved it would mean that brandon miller would have to go to and scoot henderson would have to be on the board at three and then they can call new orleans and 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 kind of figure out a framework quickly obviously they'll figure out most of the framework before then but it's like you determine your direction based on what happens like you can line up all your contingencies and then you got to determine your direction once you're on the clock and the blazers will almost undoubtedly have to wait till they're on the clock to make final determinations one way or another like the direction of the franchise for the next half decade or whatever it might be i have said this other places um I've said it on the Locked on Sports Today podcast. I think I said it when I was on AM radio today. Shout out to all my homies holding it down for the amplitude modification airwaves. Uh, but I am pro- I probably am more in favor of trading for Zion now than I was when this rumor initially hit. And let me just say why. I get the red flags. The dude doesn't play very much. He played 40 games in the last two years, 39 games in the last two years. Um, availability is a huge deal for him. Perhaps commitment to getting his body rights, perhaps just commitment to like being an NBA dude. There's some, there's some from reporting from Brian Windhorst of ESPN. That's like, Zion like doesn't have a great relationship with the organization. Doesn't have a great relationship with his teammates. It's like, maybe just like not super into being an NBA guy. Like you got to love it. You got to love it. It's, it is, it is too hard to play this to play the game to to kind of cruise, um, particularly when you have some other, um, you know, when you just have a body type like he does. He's just a big dude who would need to get in wild shape to be the explosive athlete he can be. But when Zion plays, he's so stinking good, and so I'm in favor of it because and and this is my sort of logic. Portland is not in a place where they should be risk averse. If they are risk averse, right? If they're like. Eh, let's not do it. They should trade Damian Lord, go young, and build with a long tail rebuild because that's the risk-averse path. A bunch of different shots at having top draft picks and make sure, not make sure, but have an opportunity to get good through the draft. If they are risk-averse, that's the way they should go. But if they want Dame, I think they should take the biggest risks. Um, 
their chance to build a championship-level contender with Damian Lillard still in his prime. Art is small. It is a very small window, a very, very narrow path to uh, to navigate. So I think they should take um, a the biggest swing that they possibly could in order to get closest. And Zion Williamson is the best player they could trade for. Um, it's like too contingent on a million things. Do the Pelicans even want to trade him? Is Scoot Henderson there? Like it's it's deep into the hypothetical. So I don't. I'm not going to go much further. But I want to get. I want to get my take on the record. I have softened, and I think I'm now straight up in favor of it because it's. It is the it is the you know biggest upside swing you could make, and if you're going to try to win a championship with Damian Lillard, you should make the biggest upside swings possible. Because if you are building a risk averse, if you are if you are averse. If you have an aversion to taking risks at this stage in the Damon Lord build process of team building, get out of here. The last regime was pretty risk averse and they built consistently competitive teams. This isn't time to build a consistently competitive team. If it is, go young, blow it up. Okay. The report from Raphael Barlow, friend of the program, says that kind of intimates that the Raptors' asking price would be Shaden Sharp. And perhaps in a trade for any star, the asking price would be Shaden Sharp. And I, to be clear, I consider Pascal Siakam a star. He absolutely is. So I think the question that we have to ask is, is is Shaden Sharp off limits? That's what we'll do in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Look, there are a lot of ways and a lot of different avenues to get therapy, and BetterHelp is one of the most affordable and most convenient ways to do so. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life, so you can keep supporting those around you without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. You can find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Anthony Simons. Let's talk a little bit about Shaden Sharp. Uh, we'll mention Anthony Simons too, I promise. But I, I think... The Blazers have find themselves in a position where bargaining will get easier as the clock is ticking on draft night, but the asking price for what they're trying to do is going to remain high until then and may remain high then as well. And and, and I think it's because Portland's plan is clear. They want win-now help, and if you're trying to get win-now veteran help, the ask is going to be high. I think some of this is like the Rudy Gobert trade, trade for a star kind of change the market a little bit. I think some of this is, um, and the market changes, like the last year's price, last summer's price, ain't this summer's price. It's just, that is, that's not how it works. But I think like, it's the ne- start of the negotiations. So like, well, if, if Rudy Gobert got a kajillion picks and Walker Kessler and all this stuff, it's like, um, but I don't think like, necessarily last summer matters beyond the negotiation starting points. But I, I also think that like, one of the problems with the Blazers is like, they're particularly like if they're really pursuing Pascal Siakam is that the Raptors just they they're going to ask for that the world they're going to ask for a dinosaur's ransom the dino's ransom and the part of the calculation of asking is should is Shaden Sharp off limits or should he be off limits is that 
the Blazers to make a trade for a big money for like a large contract for like for a Pascal Siakam making 38 plus 35 plus for Zion Williamson um uh, his his is a little bit trickier because depending on when you trade but for the receiving team uh 34 million dollars um it's it, that's what it would be uh we don't need to get to in the weeds but about 30 million dollars or th- about 35 million dollars is that to make it work it has to start with Amphrey Simons and to entice the team beyond Amphrey Simons, to entice the team for like a true high-level star, it probably has to be three. If the Blazers had a bunch of their future first-round picks available to trade, maybe you could say, hey, 23 and picks down the line. And obviously they could unlock those picks in, in um, if they were to complete some sort of transaction with the Bulls in order to get those picks back one way or another. Like if they really wanted to do it, there are mechanisms to do it. Or they could trade like with the language like the next available pick, blah, 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 blah. Um, not as appealing to teams. That's just like not as an appealing package. So I don't think it's that easy, but certainly it's like within the realm of the CBA. But if the asking price is three plus Anthony Simons, also including Shaden Sharp in the deal is pretty much all of your best trade assets, which means that if you get Pascal Siakam and you are darn good but not much better than the fifth best team in the west you have not only exhausted all of your best things to trade you've exhausted your best young players that could grow with that core and be really good Shaden sharps being off limits is tied to the idea that you have to trade anthony simons to get this done because if you trade your enticing 23 year old on a long-term totally reasonable contract and your 20-year-old entering his second year in the league who looks like he could also turn into a really, really impressive player at some point, you are kind of cashing in all of your chips. Not to mention that with those two, you'd also probably, almost certainly in these trades, the asking price would also include three. Now, if it's sharp and ant and 23, I think that does change the calculation a little bit. But um, let's assume for, for the purposes of Dealing with Masai Ujiri in this hypothetical, it's three Ants and Shaden Sharp. To me, that is way too much for Pascal Siakam. I think three and Anthony Simons is likely an overpay for Pascal Siakam, but I think it's an overpay that you could stomach um, because of how good Siakam is. And he would be the best player that Dame has played with in a long time, arguably the best player he's ever played with, depending on your feelings on LaMarcus Aldridge. Like... He, they would immediately be an awesome pairing that could work together, that could run a- actions together, they could run inverted pick and rolls where Dame sets screens. Like there's all kinds of fun basketball stuff that could happen. I'm I'm excited to talk about basketball again when we can finally do it and stop talking transaction game. But Sharp has real potential. I will say this about young players. He was a below average rookie, even by rookie standards for most of the year. But when he finally put it together at the end of the season, like he took strides in February, started to make make real strides in February. Okay, this you know he had like a ten day stretch in February. Like okay, he's starting to get it. Kind of you know hit a little rough patch again. He's nineteen, figuring out the league, and then to close the season when they put the ball in his hands, he looked like he could be a star in the league quickly. Um, some of that is because he got all of those developmental minutes, and some of that is because you know he's just a guy who needed seasoning. Part of the developmental minutes is that he just like he needed seasoning, and part of that is probably just like the. The stakes changed. You know, it's like he looked darn good in the games they weren't trying to win. He looked like, you know, he went, I think that like the second to last game against the Clippers, Clippers trying to win that game, playing the regular guys and Sharp is playing, you know, most of three quarters pretty competitively against a playoff team. Like uh, that was, that was, um, you know, they didn't have um, PG and Kawhi Leonard, but like they had the, they had a team that won a, eventually won a playoff game. Uh, They like, uh, so like I, I think I think there were moments when when it was like oh Shaden Sharp can 
can ball. Like he he you know scoring the the final four minutes where he took over against Minnesota. That's you know a team again that like won a playoff game. <laughs> like uh, like you know it's he's he, there were moments when you could see how special he was. It's ten games. It's a small sample. Uh, development is non-linear. It doesn't mean that his like his graph continues to go straight up. There is like a very reasonable world where Shaden Sharp at age 20 is still a below average NBA player to begin the season and develops into a really good one. The question is the timeline of when and when with all of this stuff, when with the Damian Lillard timeline doesn't make sense. But the Blazers have signaled, according to the reporting from Josh Lloyd back in April, the Blazers want to keep Shaden Sharp. They do not want him to be to be involved in trades. And all of the reporting since then has backed that up, that the Blazers are not interested in trading Shaden Sharp. But, so I mean, for, for obvious reasons, right? Before we get to the but, let's back up from the but real quick. Showed signs of being really good. They drafted him seventh. Like they did all that losing to get him. They chose not to trade that trade on draft night, or tr- trade that pick on draft night last year to say, okay, Sharp is more valuable than the trade, than the, what we're getting back uh, or what we could get back. We're going to keep this pick. You know, that he's, he, he played 80 games this year. It was a big part of the rotation. Obviously, the Blazers weren't very good. So he was a big part of a bad team. But, like, he was, even when they were trying to be competitive, he was part of the regular rotation. Um, and he showed flashes of having real, 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 real upside. And, like, he's a dude who just didn't, early on, looks like, didn't really know how to play the NBA game, but there were flashes. And as he slowly learned the NBA game, it's, like, more, more consistent flashes and more of his game and more on-ball creation stuff. Like, he looked really good to end the year. But there's a world in which it doesn't, it, 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 the graph is not linear, right? And that it, it bounces around a little bit and that he struggles and it's like he's going to be 20 in the league. Um, like it is, I'm probably lower on just like young players maybe than your average dude who yells into the microphone on one of these one of these shows. But like, um, yeah, I, I, young players typically struggle. So I wouldn't be surprising if Shaden Sharp was again like a below average NBA player to begin the year or, you know, had patches where he's just like struggles, right? Young players struggle. It's It's a tough, it's a tough league. Um, he's, he, it is, it is, he has, he, I think he's going to be a very good player. My question is kind of when, and the Blazers don't want to trade him because they also think he's going to be a really good player. But, and I think this is the part that it's like, this is the, like Shaden Sharp does appear to be off limits, but what if the deal on draft night is we can get this done. We can make this trade. Shaden Sharp has to be included, but if you don't, then there's no deal. You are taking three. You're taking Brandon Miller at three. You're keeping Shaden Sharp. And you're going to have the conversation later this evening about Damian Lillard's future with, with the franchise. Dame has been very clear himself. Like, you don't need to parse anything. Just listen to Dame's words. He wants them to trade the pick for win-now help. If they don't do that because they're unwilling to trade Sharp and they don't get a deal done, are they choosing Shaden Sharp and Brandon Miller over Dame? Yeah, like that's that's effectively what it would be. And so then when you ask yourself, is Shaden Sharp off limits? It's the domino effect of making that proclamation. If the if the if those dinosaurs in Toronto, if they hold out and say sharp or nothing, then the nothing has real implications for the Blazers. In my opinion, when they decided to draft Sharp, they launched this. I think two timelines is slightly a misnomer. What timelines means is that the young players aren't ready to help. When good, when young players are good, like Tyrese Maxey in in Philly, um, when he's like 
totally capable of being a contributor on a playoff team, they don't talk about timelines. It's not about timelines. Um, you talk about timelines when young players aren't good enough to contribute to high-level winning, and most young players aren't. When they drafted Shaden Sharp, they they launched this two-timelines thing because he wasn't going to be ready to be a high-level contributor. He might be soon. He might be in December. He might be in March. Like, um, he, he might be, and when he is, he might be really stinking good, which is why they don't want to trade him, but it is... When they, when they decided to keep that pick and they didn't trade for veteran help last year, they launched this situation where they have young players who do need to play and do need developmental minutes are going to be negatives. And, and Sharp, like to be clear, for 65 games was a net negative. Um, he just was a net negative with really fun moments where you could see that one day he won't be. When they decided to do that, they put them in this weird spot where they're going to have to make another tough decision in the future. It's why I was in favor of trading the pick last year, and while I'm not in favor of trading the pick now, they've I think they've gone too far down this path, and they should just load up on youngsters. But it's easy for me to say that because I do not have the responsibility of dealing with Damian Lillard and his camp. I do not have the responsibility of being the executive that trades the franchise icon. I'm just a dude in the basement who thinks like young players are good and you want to have them. And even if it takes a little while to get ready, you're not going to have that many picks to have players as good as, you know, a Shaden Sharp and a Scoot Henderson or Shaden Sharp, Brandon Miller on the roster who like under team control for eight seasons. Oh man, it's so tantalizing. But I think if you're asking yourself, is Shaden Sharp off limits? You could say, yes, bang the table. Yes, 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 he's off limits. Don't trade him under any circumstances. If the circumstances are picking between Dame and Shea, ask yourself, what would you do? I don't really know. <laughs> to be honest, I think I would... Uh, I think I would lean young, but I, I think it's... Again, I think it's easier for me to say that here. Um, if you're trying to be competitive immediately there's no world where Damian Lord isn't to help help you be competitive immediately um but there's just there is a there is a cost for me that seems a little too high and three and sharp and ant seems a little too high okay third segment let's round up the mock drafts I've rounded up the recent mock drafts all all published within the last week I will share those with you to close the show but first let me tell you about Ibotta look you're gonna buy stuff you're gonna do house projects. You're going to buy cool stuff for the garden. You're going to buy your kids stuff. You're going to just go buy groceries because you need to eat. If you're going to buy stuff, why not earn money back on those shopping trips? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, produce, personal care, pantry goods. You can either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip or you could use your cash back to buy that airline tickets or go to a game or just take yourself out to a fancy dinner. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps give you points that don't really amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can use to cash out to your bank account or you can send it to PayPal or you can get a gift card and you can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers uh, when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and a whole bunch more. So right now, Ibotta is offering my listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Stores. Use that code LOCKED. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's talk mock drafts. I have gone to the internet and I have read all of the mock drafts. All of these are are published within the last week. Some sort of um, draft people I trust just haven't done one in the last week. Um, I guess 
John Wasserman specifically at Bleach Report. He did his last one in the first week of June and says, no more mock drafts. I'll just do draft reporting. And he's certainly done a lot of that. He's just not publishing a true mock draft prior to the draft. But I've I've gone around the world. I've gone around the web and I've found him. Over at ESPN, Jonathan Javoni has the Blazers taking Scoot at three. At the ringer, Kevin O'Connor has the Blazers taking Scoot Henderson at three. At Yahoo, Kristen Peak has the Blazers taking Brandon Miller at three. At SB Nation, Ricky O'Donnell has the Blazers taking Amen Thompson. Shake up, baby. Way to go, Ricky. Has them taking Amen Thompson at three. At the Athletic, Sam Vecini has the Blazers taking Brandon Miller at three. And on NBA Big Board, Raphael Barnes. Barlow has the Blazers taken Scoot Henderson at three. That's three Scoots, two Millers, and an amen in your in in your scorecard. The question is, Blazers aren't really the ones to make this decision in a lot of ways. What happens at two will dictate their choices. And then once their choices are dictated, they will determine whether they want to make this trade, make this pick, or trade the pick potentially. And as, as I mentioned in that first segment, there's... The Blazers are definitely still open to trading Anthony Simons in number three. It's what else they'll include to get it done. And I think deadline spur actions, those five minutes, will allow them to really kind of figure it out. You know, obviously they're going to talk contingencies with six, seven different teams or whatever, but like they'll figure that once once their choice is clear, what who are they are able to choose, they will be able to determine what direction they go. I will say Jonathan Wasserman, who I just mentioned, who I look for as, a, a, you know, someone who has, I've been reading his mock drafts for a decade, roughly. Um, he, he, he uh, over at Bleach Report, uh, Was says that there is, there is sort of conflicting information over whether the Hornets will go Scoot or will they go Brandon Miller. That's Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller. Um, it is, I think Brandon Miller, to be clear, fits better with the Blazers if they were to keep Dame in tow, but it does really sound like if the Blazers don't trade three, Dame is going to have a strong consideration about his future with the franchise. It seems pretty binary now. If they end up making that selection they're probably selecting a, a the rebuild path as opposed to the Dame path. So this is the Blazers, like, it seems like, at least on reading the tea leaves, you're listening to Tuesday, June 20th show, I'm recording on a Monday evening, uh, like, it seems like it's pretty binary now. Trade the pick or figure out what's next with Dame. But Wasserman over at Bleach Report says that within the Hornets, who are kind of going to dictate the Blazers' plans here, that there are both pro-Scoot and pro-Brandon Miller camps. And the reason that that's important is because Scoot Henderson was kind of just pegged to be that. Like, he was, everyone was saying it was, oh, well, well, uh, you know, the Hornets are leaning Brandon Miller. And then at um, on the lottery nights, uh, Mitch Kupchak kind of said, well, we would kind of lean fits with our pick. And it kind of like led a little more credence to that belief. It's like they're leaning Brandon Miller. Now, many, 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 many mock drafts had um, the, had Brandon Miller as two and uh, Scoot falling to the Blazers at three. I think generally speaking, Scoot is considered a higher level prospect, which gave the Blazers just like a whole bunch of trade ammo and Zion Williamson dreams and all that stuff. But um, I think it's been widely reported by a couple different places that both Henderson and Miller were back in Charlotte on Monday uh, and met with a Blazers, with a Blazers, with the Hornets ownership, Michael Jordan and the uh, the folks who the uh, the minority owner who's about to become the majority owner when the sale closes uh, and and. Um, and Jordan takes a step back and they were going to do, you know, a second little workout and meet with ownership. The kind of thing you do when you're kind of really, you know, the meeting with ownership is the big, with, with these big decisions that is often meet with the GMs, meet with the, you know, meet with the front office folks, meet with the owner and kind of like 
then the all of the the biggest decision makers within the franchise can kind of make that final decision. Um, this is this this I think matters. Um, I don't talk betting odds a lot on here. Like I, you know, there's. FanDuel is the official sports betting app of the Locked On Podcast Network, so I, I do some ad reads for them. But I don't, I don't often do um, lines on 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 this show. But I do think during draft season, watching the betting lines has has typically been a pretty good predictor of this. And last week, all the betting lines had Brandon Miller as more likely to be the number two overall pick. And over the weekend, from Friday to as I'm recording this on Monday evening, they have. A, FanDuel and others I looked at, but FanDuel specifically has Scoot Henderson at minus 260 to go number two overall. If you're not familiar with uh, gambling, the minus numbers mean more likely, the plus numbers mean, uh, with little plus means less likely, means longer odds. Um, so it's, it is, um, it seems that the betting world has shifted to believing that Scoot will be the second overall pick. Seemed always that Scoot was the second best prospect from pretty much everyone except for my man Raphael Barlow. Uh, but like, uh, it seems that is the way that the, that the betting lines are leaning. And I will say last year, everybody had Jabari Smith, including the, all the odds makers everywhere. And then it shifted overnight, like draft night. Paolo Bancaro became the heavy favorite in the betting world um, to go number one overall. They had it. Like it kind of like wake up at 6 a.m. on the West Coast and it's like, oh, oh, I mean, it's 9 a.m. In, in, in New York or whatever, um, betting central. But like it is, uh, this seems to be this seems to be the like the way that the intel from the world that world that seems to know things is leaning is that Scoot's going to be the guy, which means it'll be Brandon Miller at three. Get Blazers will have to gauge what the trade package is for a likely Brandon Miller and Amphrey Simons for a win now veteran, or if the value's not there. And they've got to judge what the value is. They can't over, if you overpay and you and you do include sharp in these trades. Like I said, you're kind of you, you just have so few. You just have a lot less avenues to improve either internally or via a future trade. And they'll have to weigh what it is. And if they don't find value there, they'll have to have a tough conversation with a franchise icon. Oof, <laughs> y'all. I'm gonna be honest. You listened to the end of this program. You made it. You made it. You made it to to like the whatever 30, 30 plus minute mark. I'm ready for it to be over. <laughs> I'm ready for draft night to be here and just like not have to, um, not have to do the speculation stuff and and have that sort of like. You know, I think the 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 world in which this is Damian Lord's last week with the Blazers is it, it's sad. It is it's a sad thing. Regardless of whatever you're rooting for, I think like you can agree that it's like an emotional thing. And I'm ready for it just to be done. I'm ready for the decision to be made and like to go into the world with some to go into the microphone with some certainty. I think we'll probably get it on Thursday, which means Friday show will have some certainty. We're going to have to do a couple more shows before then. We have shows Wednesday and Thursday waiting in your feeds. It's what we do five days a week available wherever you get podcasts. Tell your friends about the show. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.